Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Penn State 365 podcast. My name is Don Count Curley. I'm joined by my co-host, Marty Leap. Anthony, once again, is off this week as he is studying uh, for uh, his uh, classes as he uh, continues his schooling. Uh, so we hope to have Anthony back for our post-game recap of Auburn and Penn State this weekend. Game, of course, at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday on CBS. I'll be down there, Marty, at Jordan-Harris Stadium uh, in the press box. Looking forward to that. Um, it, this is going to be an interesting game, Marty. Purdue was a test in week one, but this Auburn uh, team is going to be uh, quite the test, I think, for Penn State's defense. We're going to see the first time this year Penn State have to stop the run consistently. Um, before we get into this game and the matchups and so on and so forth, uh, what is your quick, you know, a uh, little uh, intro here on the game? What's your early thoughts? You make a good point calling it a test. And I, I do think even though Purdue is very possibly a better team, if not even likely a better team than Auburn is, I do think in a lot of ways this is going to provide a much different test and maybe even a stiffer test than Purdue did because Purdue wants to come out, and as we saw, they threw the ball, what, I think 58 times, I want to say. And even with yeah. their quick release – Eventually, as the game went on, that Penn State pass rush started to get to Aiden O'Connell. I don't think they, outside of that giant Dixon sack, I think that was the only technical sack of the game, but the pressure was getting there. It was causing problems for, yep. for Purdue. We saw how well the secondary played. So, again, while Purdue's probably a better team and definitely a better offense, much better offense than Auburn's, their offense does what Penn State's defense is best equipped to stop. Auburn's offense is going to do what Penn State's defense is least equipped to stop. So I do think this will be a big test for this defense. You know, Tank Bigsby and, and Jaquez Hunter is going to be one of the best running back duos they're going to face all season, one of the best running back duos in the SEC and probably the entire Power Five. So, you know, this defensive line and this linebacking crew, which still has a lot to prove against the run, you know, we're, we're going to learn a lot about them on Saturday. Absolutely. I guess we could talk now a little bit more in depth on the matchups and such. Um, I mean, there's various places we can start. Do you want to start Penn State offense versus Auburn's defense or uh, the other way around? Which way, which one do you want to start with? Let's start, let's start with Penn State's offense going up against Auburn's defense. Sure. Uh, so Auburn's defense, I think, uh, it, it's kind of a opposite of the Penn State defense. They're strong on the ground and stopping the ground game. Penn State is going to have a tough time running the ball in this one. I think if Nick Singleton plays and – well, he's obviously going to play. I think if Nick Singleton can get his feet under him in this game and become Penn State's lead back like he did against Ohio, Penn State's going to have a better chance of running the ball consistently against his Auburn team. But this Auburn team isn't going to allow many big run plays out of this Penn State offense like we saw last week against Ohio. They kept – I. I think their season average is under three yards per rush attempt right now, which is, you know, incredible. Now they did face, I, I'm playing on who they opened up the season with, but they, it was an FCS opponent. And then they Mercer. played, they, they opened up with Mercer. Mercer. Right. And then they played San Jose State last week. Obviously not, neither one of those teams is great. Uh, and their teams, Auburn should have success in stopping on the ground. But this will also be a, a bigger test for this Auburn uh, defense with the Penn State running back room. Um, I, I think with the run game, of course, the big question mark is going to be if Penn State's offensive line can handle 
Auburn's front seven. Auburn doesn't necessarily have the most talented front seven in the world, but it is by far the most talented they will face so far this year. I think that's going to be a big area of a uh, big area to watch in general in this game. If Penn State can hold their own in the trenches, both on when it comes to the run game and in pass protection, I think they have a great chance of winning this game. But through the first two weeks of the season, the Penn State offensive line hasn't exactly been a strength of the team. And even against Ohio last week, they allowed, I think, five sacks. So, I mean, it, this, this is going to be a big test for this offensive line. How, how are you feeling about the offensive line going up against Auburn's uh, front seven here? Yeah, this is a really good front seven Auburn has. Um, I mean, I definitely would be lying to you if I told you I'm confident in Penn State's offensive line going up against it. Uh, you know, you mentioned last week giving up five sacks to Ohio. Just, that, that can't happen. I, I understand it wasn't – some of it was with, you know, Penn State's twos and threes against Ohio's ones. That just simply cannot happen. And, and you know, you, you look at Auburn and you're going to face – some of the best pass rushers you're going to face all season with Auburn, Derek Hall, and I apologize if I'm getting his name wrong, Akuliode, uh, one of the best pass rush duos in the SEC, and Owen Papeo, the senior uh, outside linebacker, a name that Penn State fans probably remember from his days as a recruit. Um, again, just just a really really talented pass rusher. And, you know, you look at tackle, it's going to be a big test for Olufashanu, who I think has looked tremendous thus far this season, but definitely going to be his biggest test yet. And for right tackle, man, just you just got to pray and hope because Caden Wallace is not very good out there. Bryce Zephyr is very limited physically and athletically. Um, you know, th- this could very quickly turn into something where you're going to need to give a lot of help to that right side of the offensive line on Saturday, rather it's putting tight ends over there. Rather, it's rolling your backs to that side and, and pass pro, whatever it is, you're probably going to have to really help out that right tackle position because you're going to be facing three legitimate pass rushers on this Auburn defense. And I, I don't think, I, I, I just, I have no confidence whatsatsoever in Rasheed, or yeah, Rasheed Walker. My God, I wouldn't have much confidence in him either. I have no confidence whatsoever in Caden Wallace or Bryce Efner being able to block these guys with any sort of consistency. Yeah, and I mean, I I think the biggest matchup to watch here uh, is, as somebody you mentioned, in Alufashanu going up against Derek Call, Auburn's top defensive lineman coming off the edge there. He's He has the chance to be a true game record for Penn State in this game. Sorry, for Auburn in this game. Alufashanu has been fantastic through the first two games, one of the best offensive linemen in the country, which is definitely a big plus for the Nittany Lions. But he has not faced a defensive end like Derek Cole yet in his career. So this will be a big test for Fashanu. If he can hold it down, Penn State has to feel good about what he can do going forward um, even more. Um, so, I mean, on the defensive line, that's the guy I think Penn State fans have to watch out for the most is Derek Cole. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Uh, you you mentioned Owen, Pat Poe. Uh, I mean, I – to a degree, I can't believe he's a senior still because it feels like he's been there forever. Uh, I mean, I know his recruitment wasn't all that long ago, but it, it kind of feels like he's been there now for a decade. Uh, I, I remember his recruitment very, um, very well. Um, he has a chance to be a big playmaker in this game as well. I think 
Uh, we may see him on Penn State's tight ends quite a bit in this game. That's going to be a matchup to watch here la- as well, because last year Penn State's tight ends kind of were the difference maker for the Nittany Lions, which you really couldn't say a ton last year. Brand Strange had four receptions that game. Theo Johnson had one reception. Tyler Warren had one reception. And as we're talking about the tight ends, guess what? Theo Johnson was at practice on Wednesday when the media was there. Uh, and while that doesn't mean for certain that he will be playing on Saturday against the Tigers, it is a positive sign to say the least. And you would think if he's practicing this week, there's a good chance he will be playing on Saturday uh, afternoon. Um, but that'll be a big matchup to watch here. Auburn really couldn't cover Penn State's tight ends this year. If Penn State can get it going out of that tight end room in this game, I like their chances of moving the ball up and down the field quite a bit. They're not going to put up 30. Let's get that straight here. I, I mean, I think I think the most points Penn State puts up in this game is maybe 31 points, and I think that would be with a late, late touchdown. I, I think in general we're looking at a game of total around, I, I would say, 40 to sorry 44 to 48 points we're not going to see a high scoring fair in this one um but i think uh, again the tight ends involved will be huge for penn state in this one if they in fact can do so and do it successfully um because i mean if they do uh there's there's not a lot of answers i think in this auburn secondary that if penn penn state let me Kind of restart here. If Penn State could A, get the ground game going, and B, get the tight ends going as well, it's going to open a lot of room for the wide receivers to make some plays here. I mean, and you look at Penn State's wide receiver room with Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, Keandre Lambert-Smith, and the list goes on and on. There's a lot of dynamic playmakers in that wide receiver room. A lot of guys who are shifty, have great speed. If you get them in open space, it they can score at any point. Um, so I think, again, the tight ends involved and the running game going is going to be really important for this Penn State offense and uh, the pass attack in general because this Auburn secondary, it, it's not bad, but it, it's not exactly a great secondary either. They, they've they struggled a little bit early in these first two games. Again, San Jose State, they, they weren't terrible, but they weren't great. I think there's a lot of places Penn State can take advantage of this Auburn secondary. Uh, and, and that obviously also comes back to Sean Clifford. What Sean Clifford is Penn State going to get in this game? I mean, are we going to see the Sean Clifford of the third quarter, early fourth quarter of Purdue? Or are we going to get the Sean Clifford we've seen in the other uh, four quarters he's played this year? Um, what's your thoughts on the passing game and, and tight end Sean Clifford? You know, a lot of people are going to talk about the running game going into this for Penn State, and rightfully so. I understand that. That said, I think this passing game is going to be the key on Saturday. If you look at last year's game, Penn State just absolutely killed Auburn with those short passes, quick release, get it out of Clifford's hands, let guys make play in space, let the tight end, which then allowed the tight ends to start to expose those seams more. And, you know, I remember last year going into that game saying that that was one area I felt like Penn State could expose Auburn's defense was if they could force their corners to have to guard that outside with the receivers more. He could open up the seams with the tight ends, and that's exactly what they were able to do. I think it's very similar Saturday. We talked about Auburn's pass rush. It could be one of the better ones Penn State faces this year. And as we saw week one against Purdue, how do you offset that? Quick release. Get the ball out. 
Get the ball to your playmakers in space. Let them make make let them make plays. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, Keandre Lambert Smith, maybe Trey Wallace, maybe Omari Evans with his speed. The playmakers are there. Yeah. You know, yeah. all throughout camp and into the start of the season, we heard J1 Sider talk about using the running backs as not just running backs. Maybe this week we see Nick Singleton out in the slot and get a ball in space and just let I mean, it go, which I would love to see. We, we saw Nick Singleton and uh, Katron Allen both in uh, out at wide receiver against Ohio. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think Penn State's been. Uh, I mean, they had a, they they had, they weren't totally vanilla against Auburn. I mean Purdue, uh, but I, I think we're going to see Penn State pull out some tricks here. I don't think I don't think they have to be super creative though to beat this Auburn defense. Um, I, I think be, because. And we'll talk more about the defense, but I think obviously the biggest question mark with the Penn State defense, as we kind of already briefed on, um, is going to be stopping the Auburn rushing attack. If they can stop the Auburn rushing attack, I think this defense is going to have itself a good day because Auburn can't really throw the ball consistently. Oh, sorry, successfully at a consistent rate. Um, Now going back to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I don't think the offense is going to have to be too creative or tricky in this one for Auburn uh, because of the defense. Uh, that being said, um, the Auburn pass rush, we, it, it could be one of the better ones they do face this year, but it, it, they've also kind of down there in Auburn had a similar issue as Penn State has had this year in which they are getting pressure on quarterbacks. They have, I think, 18 total pressures through the first two games of the season, but they have just one sack, one sack. Um, so the sovereign offense, defense, sorry, defensive line and front seven have not been able to finish their pass rushes, get hits on quarterbacks and sack them. And that's obviously been a big issue for Penn State as well. So that'll be something to watch. And uh, just a little note to go into that trenches battle for Penn State's offensive line. Um, also with this Auburn defense and secondary, uh, last week gave up 275 passing yards to San Jose State. They're allowing quarterbacks to complete 59.2% of their passes, which isn't uh, terrible. But if you're allowing quarterbacks to complete 60% of their passes, you're going to give up quite a big chunk of yardage, and it's it, it's going to hurt you uh, eventually. And They've gotten lucky by playing Mercer and San Jose State. This Penn State offense, while it has some question marks, is much better than those two offenses. And I, I think – it's an offense that I think around the country is kind of probably going a little bit under the radar just because of how the last two seasons have been. I think there's been a lot of positives out of this Penn State offense in the first two weeks of the season. Um, also notably, Sean Clifford last year had one of his better games of his career against this same Auburn defense, uh, which uh, obviously you can't say just because one thing happened one year, it's going to happen the next year. But it is notable that this Penn State offense, Mike Yersich, Sean Clifford, has had success against this same uh, uh, Auburn team. Uh, last, last season, and going back to the pass rush one more time, last season, another reason it's going to be important, Sean Clifford really struggled when getting uh, when he was under pressure. He completed uh, seven of – sorry, this season he's completed seven of 15 passing attempts. Uh, and then last season, he completed 39.2% of uh, 
pass attempts while under pressure. If Auburn can get consistent pressure on Clifford, this has a chance to go real bad for Penn State. Um, but that's something we'll have to see. In the secondary, I think who Penn State's likely going to target is a uh, cornerback Keontae Scott. He's had six receptions so far this year on eight targets, 97 yards allowed. Uh, I think we're going to see Penn State be a little creative, though, in their matchups. You're going to want to try to get those tight ends open. You're going to want to try to get Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Mitchell Tinsley open. The problem with Auburn's secondary is, while I think it's a solid secondary, I don't know if they have enough dudes who can cover Penn State's wide receiver room and tight ends consistently. What's your thoughts on that? I know I covered a lot there. No, I agree. I think I agree also with Penn State not needing to be super creative on offense to win this game. I think a big part of that is because of Auburn's offense, you don't have to get super creative. You know, you mentioned Penn State maybe getting to 31. You know, they get to 31, they're going to win this game. I can't see Auburn getting to that. Absolutely. Against most defenses they're going to face this year. Yeah. Yeah. I I think realistically, you're looking at probably 24 points out of Penn State. Which I still think is enough. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. I, I don't think this Auburn offense is very good. Um, but, yeah, but I do think you can see Penn State exploit this Auburn secondary. If Sean Clifford is given time to drop back and throw the ball, I wouldn't be surprised to see a big player or two over the top. And even if he's not, again, I'm going to keep circling back to it because I think this is their best bet of getting their offense rolling against this Auburn team. Get it out fast. You know, we, we know yeah. Yersich loves to do those quick hitters after his receivers. We saw it so much last year. We've seen it this year already. You know, you have a guy like Keandre Lambert-Smith. I really do think this could be a big game for Keandre Lambert-Smith. He's got that great burst, that great first step. Get the ball in his hands and let him make plays. We saw it against Purdue. When he catches the football, he can be electric. We saw it against Ohio. Parker Washington yep. falls into that. You know, we mentioned the running backs in the slot. I really do think that's going to be the key for them offensively in this game. And the thing is, too, if you can get that going, that's going to open up the running game more. And with the running game, ultimately, I just think it comes down to, to your backs and and giving the bulk of those touches to Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Um, you know, it would be – if you could get a big run out of Singleton early in this game, I think that could really go a long way to setting the tone. But, yeah, I, I think that yep. ultimately this offense, you've got to be able to exploit an Auburn secondary that, I mean, on paper it should be pretty good. But, like I said, they gave up, what, 275 yards to San Jose State. Um, you know, and for people who didn't watch yes. that game, I watched a lot of the second half of that game. Auburn was very lucky to escape that game against San Jose State with the win. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't look like they wanted to be hard. there at all. Yeah, they looked not interested in that game at all. Yep. Um I think the other thing to mention with this offense is I think uh, what Penn State may look to do with the run game is obviously their strength is not with, especially with Singleton, is not going to be to run it up the middle. Yes, he can have success there, but for Nick Singleton to be successful at what he's best at, you 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 want to go out and run run to either sideline, you know, go to the outside, and by going to the outside, that means Auburn eventually will adapt and work at stopping the run to the outside, which then should open up more passing lanes in the middle uh, for the Nittany lines, allow for some more success on that play action uh, as well. So I think that's on the note, note with Nick Singleton as well. Absolutely. And I do think too, you look at Auburn, we've mentioned some of these edge rushers are going to play aggressive. That's the kind of players they are. If you can get Nick Singleton off tackle on a counter play and 
it could be similar to an effectively run RPO or an effectively run option where you could you could take advantage of the aggressiveness of one of these guys, have Singleton, you know, step inside, cut outside, whatever it is, get around this edge rusher that's flying up the field looking to blow the play up, and next thing you know, Singleton's 10 yards downfield for anyone has a chance to touch him. I think we could see that in this game, and I agree with you. If you're going with running the ball with Nick Singleton on Saturday – it's going to be tough to get anything going against Auburn up the middle, especially with Penn State's offensive line woes. Um, I want to see him off tackle, get him the ball in space. I personally believe, you know, for the hype that Tank Bigsby's going to get going into this game, Nick Singleton is the best running back in this game. I think Nick Singleton I, is I probably I the agree. best running back in the Big Ten, not named Travion Henderson. I think by the end of the year, Nick Singleton is going to be widely viewed as one of the best running backs in college football. You know, I know we've said it a bunch, and you don't like to heap this kind of this kind of expectations or whatever it is on kids, but since Singleton's gotten to campus, what's the name we've always heard? Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. It's so Saquon-esque what he can do on the field. And I think Saturday, I, I'm not necessarily predicting this, but I will say I think Saturday has the opportunity to be Nick Singleton's kind of introduction to the rest of the college football world if he can rip one off for a 60- or 70-yard run in Jordan-Hare or put up 100-plus yards against Auburn on the road, you know, game of the week on CBS. There's going to be a lot of people watching this game at 3.30. It's going to be the biggest game at a 3.30 window, one of the biggest games of the day. I do think that the possibility is there that Nick Singleton comes out of this game as an absolute budding superstar in college football. And also, just with two national brands, two of – the premier, I mean, top both are, you know, top 20, top 15 brands in college football out of the two biggest conferences in college football. Uh, yeah, this this has a chance to be one of the biggest games of the year when you just consider everything that goes into it. Yes, these two, these are not, you know, two teams that are going to be competing for national championships this year, but there is a lot of uh, tradition in these, this game. There's a lot of uh, history. Uh, this could be one of the bigger games of the year that in, in college football in general, especially now that, I mean, we're not going to see many non-conference games after this week. Um, true or false, uh, since you're talking about RBOs here, true or false, if Penn State's going to win this game, Sean Clifford has to be able to use his legs or needs to use his legs. I definitely say true. Um, and for me, a lot of that stems back to me not having much faith in this offensive line yet, especially the right side. Um, I think there's going to definitely be a scenario where we see Sean Clifford under pressure a lot on Saturday, and he's going to need to use his legs. And not even just that, when Sean Clifford is at his best, those first five games last year, the the flash yeah. that we saw at times in 2019, yeah. that last drive against Purdue, he's using his legs, he's running around, he's extending plays, he's able to hit a hole if it's there, get six, seven yards, slide down for the first down move the sticks. That is Sean Clifford at his best. That is Sean Clifford when he's dangerous. So I think if, if we're going to get Sean Clifford's best on Saturday, if he's going to perform the way he needs to perform and help Penn State win this game, I absolutely, that's definitely true. He, he's going to have to use his legs. Absolutely agree. I, I And that, like you were saying, when Sean Clifford's at his best, it's when he's able to be a dual threat quarterback. Maybe not a true dual threat, but he's able to be a scrambler get out of the pocket, extend plays, and whether that's to throw the ball downfield or whether that's to take off and pick up some valuable yards, that's when he's at his best because he's able to keep defenses honest. If defenses don't have to worry about him running, 
it has a chance to be really negative for Sean Clifford because while he is a solid, good college quarterback, he often struggles when he needs to make those throws into, you know, just basically when secondaries don't have to worry about him taking off or defense don't have to worry about taking off. Uh, he, he struggles in those moments because that's when he often throws it into double or even triple coverage trying to force a play downfield with his arm. Um, yeah, I, I, so I agree with that. Um, I guess ultimately then with Penn State's offense, if you had to give one key to the game for Penn State's offense, if Penn State's going to win this game, what is that key? It's offensive line to me. It's offensive line. They're gonna. This is gonna be a big test for them. You're facing a very good Auburn front seven. Rather, it's giving Clifford time to throw. It's opening up lanes for Nick Singleton, for Catron Allen, for Kevon Lee, whoever it might be. To me, it's the offensive line. If Penn State gets poor offensive line play, let's put it this way: If Penn State's offensive line plays on Saturday the way it played against Purdue, Penn State will not win this game because Auburn's front seven is a lot better than Purdue's. Um, I mean, I know I said I think Purdue could be a better team than Auburn, but to me that's because the, the gap in their offenses are just ridiculously yeah. wide. Much but higher upside than Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is honestly probably a top five front seven they'll face this year. Maybe it's top three front seven behind Ohio State and Michigan. It really might be. This is a very good front seven. Um, yeah, if Penn State's offense line plays the, on Saturday the way against the Diggins Purdue, they won't win this football game. So to me – you know, as cliche as it may be, as much as we've said this in recent years, it's the offensive line. If the offense is going to have success, they've got to win in the trenches on Saturday. Yeah, and I I think uh, obviously that's a big one. I'm going to go a little off, uh, not not off the radar, but kind of go a little deeper here. Uh, one's obvious. One is uh, they have to play smart football. Sean Clifford cannot afford to throw a – 20-yard over throw that ends up in an Auburn's uh, in Auburn's hands. He he can't do that. He has to play smart football. Yeah, if he throws one turnover, they could probably survive. If he throws two turnovers, you're playing with fire. And if he throws more than that or has more than two turnovers in general, Penn State's not going to win this game. Um, but the other one is they have to convert on third down that it's something they have struggled to do for most of the James Franklin tenure. If I remember correctly over the last, over his tenure, I mean, I know under Joe, Joe Moorhead, there were some successful years on third down, but in general, Penn State struggled in third downs, uh, especially in key games. And it's cost them in quite a few key games over the years. So I think Penn State has to convert on third down. They were not good against Ohio last week. They were not great against Purdue either. I I mean, you don't have to convert at a 60-70% clip in this game, but I think they have to aim for at least 40-50% to uh, if they want a chance to win. Uh, Because while I think the defense isn't going to give up a ton of points, the one thing Auburn is going to try to do, and we can use this to segue into the Auburn offense, is Auburn's going to look to shorten this game. They are going to try to run the ball. Uh, Purdue threw the ball 60 times. If Auburn ran the ball 45 times in this game, I would not be shocked. 
Auburn's one way to win this game is by dominating the ground game, shortening up the game, not allowing that Penn State offense to get on the field. Because you look, if, if you're comparing just one offense to the other, Penn State's offense is much better than what Auburn has. Auburn does not nearly have the wide receivers that Penn State has. They have probably one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the SEC this year. The only thing Auburn really has going their way this season on the offense is that running back room. And you wanted to say, you said that Nick Singleton may be the best running back in this game, and I agree with that. I think if you're a Penn State fan, you should not be scared necessarily of Tank Bigsby, but you should be scared of the man behind him in, Jer- in Jarquez Hunter. Um, because I think Penn State's defense will be able to, to a degree, slow down Tank Bigsby. He is a bigger running back. He doesn't have a ton. He has speed, but he's, he doesn't have, you know, that explosive burst like a Nick Singleton. He, he's shifty, but not super shifty. He, he should be able to be somewhat contained by Penn State's front seven in this one. Penn State is going to load this box throughout this game. Jarquez Hunter, though, he's the guy. He's the home run here. He Anytime he touches the ball, he has a chance to break one like Nick Singleton, 60, 70-plus yards, and take it to the house. He's fast. He's shifty. He is a tremendous running back. So I, I think if you're Penn State, you may not necessarily be – you you should be worried about Tanks Big, Bigsby, but I think you should maybe be even more worried about Jarquez Hunter because th- they're not going to use him as much as Bigsby. But when they do, he's going to be a fantastic change of pace running back for Auburn, and if they want to get him involved in the pass game or something like that, get creative, he's the type of guy who he may only get a handful of touches, but he can make you pay if you miss a tackle or blow a missed assignment. Yeah, I agree. And when it comes to the home run threat, he he's the one to worry about, not so much Bigsby. Um, but what worries me with Tank Bigsby going up against this Penn State defense is can he wear them down? And that's my concern yeah. is this, I mean, the linebackers, they weren't good against Purdue. You know, Tyler yeah. Ellis didn't look like he was stuck in concrete. Um, Kobe King showed a little bit more athletically, but still isn't there. Jonathan Sutherland yeah. to his credit has played pretty well, but yeah, you, you know, this is going to be a big test for him. Um, I, it really makes me wish Abdul Carter could play either the Sam or the Mike this weekend. Because I think if you could get him out there with Curtis Jacobs on the field, I'd feel a lot better. Not so much him subbing for Curtis Jacobs. But this is a big test. And even the defensive line, you know, I, I'm i very high on Penn State's defensive line. I think by the end of the year, it's going to be looked at as one of the best in the Big Ten. That said, you have P.J. Mustafer, who might be the most important player on this defense has not had come to have a, little, a game like this. Yeah, come back a little slow. Yeah, and, and my thing is, too, with P.J., he probably hasn't had a game since, what, Auburn last year where he needed to go out there and give you 60, 65 snaps and anchor this defense. It's but been a PJ long time. Has, P.J. has always felt, though, like a big game player in his Penn oh, State I agree. Career. And I'm not, I, I'm not worried about – PJ's ability. I'm not when he's on that field. I expect him to be a game wrecker because that's what he is. I'm worried about yeah. his ability to be out there for 65, 70 snaps of Penn State. Yeah, Auburn's running it in the defensive line depth. The defensive tackle depth behind him. 
you know, we don't know what's up with Kazai Izzard. It certainly seems like he's not going to play again. You could get thin there. Hakeem Beeman in a similar boat. I think that's what worries yeah. me most about this defensive line is if you take yep. Beeman, P.J. Mustafer, and these Isaac, three of your four starters, you've got three guys who before that Purdue game had not played a football game. Uh, you know, in in Beeman and Isaac's case, almost two full calendar years, and in Mustafer's almost a full calendar year. So to play a game on the road, you know, it's it's going to be muggy as hell, I'm sure, on Saturday down in Auburn. Um, against a team that's going to want to run the ball 40 times, maybe more, That that's asking a lot for guys who've not played a lot of football in the last year or two. And again, that's not knocking yeah, their ability. I, mean, I think they're great players, but everyone's stamina takes time to come back. Yeah, and I mean, you look at last year. Auburn put up 190 yards on the grounders, uh, I, I believe, last year against the Indian Lions, and that was with a, a much better linebacker room. Um, I I mean, on paper, much better linebacker room. It didn't always perform up to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a major concern. I do wonder at linebacker if we do see a lot of John, Jonathan Sutherland, Abdul Carter, and uh, Curtis Jacobs just because they are Penn State's most athletic uh, linebackers. Uh, you're going to need them to be able to uh, make some athletic plays on Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter in this game if you're going to win it. Um, and I think the other thing with the defensive line is it not only has P.J. Musterman kind of slow coming on this season, but that, that entire defensive tackle room hasn't exactly been I, – I, I don't want – they haven't been bad, but – they they haven't really opened your eyes a ton early in this season. You haven't heard their names a ton, which means it, which is a good thing because it means they're not you know they're not hurting you out there. But it also means they're not making big plays out there consistently. Which uh, I mean, their defensive tackles uh, they're not always going to be the big play guys. But uh, it is I think it, if Penn State defensive tackle room had a poor game on Saturday, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing to me. I don't think they will, but it it has been kind of a slow start for that entire room so far, in my opinion. I agree. And again, I think a lot of that's not even necessarily a reflection on the ability of the defense tackle room. It's more of a reflection of Mustafa and Beeman not having not played in so long of not having Keziah Izzard to start the year. And, you know, you're taking a guy like Devon Ellis or a true freshman in Zane Durant and thrusting them into much bigger roles than you probably wanted them to be in three weeks into the season. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, I tell you, if there's ever a day for the Steven Stack room to come out and play the game of their lives, it's going to be Saturday because, like I said, Auburn's going to line up and try and run it right at them. Um, and, you know, I was I, I was listening to today uh, an Auburn beat writer, I can't remember who it was, talking about it. And, you know, I remember him saying one thing Auburn players have said this week is when they watch film on Penn State and this defensive line, to them it looks like an SEC defensive line, which, I mean, do with that information what you will, but to get an SEC opponent to say that about a non-SEC team with yeah. you know the, the, the attitude they have down there about football, clearly they're impressed with what they've seen. So, I mean, I think, again, the talent's there. It's just going to be can these guys hold up for four quarters. 
against an Auburn team that's going to look to run it down their throats. And I think this is where it's very important if you're Penn State. If you are able to get out to like a two-score lead, especially late third, early fourth quarter, Auburn's going to be in trouble because, I mean, I can tell you what, people, I've been one of the biggest criticizers out there of Sean Clifford. But if you think Sean Clifford is maddening, Auburn's quarterbacks, good God. I mean, TJ Finley, I think has four interceptions already. Robbie Ashford's through one of the yep. worst interceptions I have ever seen last week against San Jose State. I believe their combined completion percentage on the season is like 52%, and that's with game against Mercer and San Jose State. Like, if you can force Auburn to throw the ball, they don't have a chance. I, they're not – and like you said, Dylan, the wide receivers, I think other than Vanderbilt, Auburn probably has the worst wide receiver crew in the, in the SEC. It is bad. Now, they are getting – one of their wide receivers back this week. I'm, I'll get that name in a second, but um, the question is how much can you really expect out of a guy who hasn't seen a bunch, seen any snaps in the first two games and then come out against one of the best secondaries that Auburn will face all season. Um, though the good news for Penn State's run rush defense, run defense here is on the edges, they've been pretty good this year. Adisa Isaac has nearly according to PFF, nearly an 80 grade against the run, which is phenomenal. Amin Vanover has been great against the run, and Chop Robinson has been pretty good against the run as well. And I I think with them, it, it obviously hasn't been about being in position to make plays, and this is the whole defense. It's been about missing tackles. Just too many missed tackles in the first two games of the season. I think when I looked at it, it was 25 missed tackles. If Penn State has a game like they did defensively against Purdue where they missed a bunch of tackles, they won't win this game because Tank Bigsby and Jerquez Hunter will be running 60, 70 yards down the field every other play at that rate. Um, but I think Penn State's edges uh, – have shown that they can play well against the run, and that's going to be big in this game, help complement uh, the interior uh, there as well. Um, that being said, let's kind of go to the pass rush here slash uh, pass game for Auburn. Uh, similar to Auburn's defensive line, Penn State's defensive line is going to have to get pressure on uh, Finley consistently in this game because – Finley, even when he doesn't have pressure on him, isn't a great quarterback. But if you get pressure on him, he is bound to make at least one mistake a game, uh, maybe two. He he has the abilities to be a very good quarterback, but he, he just doesn't have the consistency that you need out of the starting quarterback in any conference, let alone the SEC. Um, the other thing to know about him, especially when it comes to a pass rush, the dude is a statue back there. He's six foot seven, 250 pounds. He does not move. He, he, he can avoid some, you know, pass rush. But if you, if you get a, if you get more than two, sorry, more than one guy back there, you get two, three guys back there. He, he he's going to either make a mistake or you're going to drive him into the ground. And I, I think Penn state's pass rush has to come up big this year. They were pretty good against Bo Nix last year, for I remember. I know they didn't rack up a ton of sacks, but they forced Bo Nix to move quite a bit last year. Finley can't move like Bo Nix, and I think that's going to be big for Penn State's defense this week And because last year Bo Nix had one of his better games and was able to move the ball downfield because he was able to scramble around, make extend plays, and make plays happen. 
Finley does not have that ability. Um, what's your thoughts on Penn State's pass rush in this game? Yeah, everything you said. I mean, if you look at the quarterback play, I, I'm not worried about Auburn throwing the ball. If Auburn can successfully throw the ball with their quarterbacks and with their receivers against Penn State's secondary, and it's not because of Penn State making mistakes, tip your cap to them, and what are you going to do about it? Because you don't expect it to happen. Um, like you said, TJ Finley is an absolute statue back there. I, I think if Penn State can generate any sort of pass rush on him whatsoever – it's it's going to lead to good things for Penn State's defense. Uh, honestly, Robbie Ashford worries me more at quarterback than Finley, and it's not because of his arm; yeah. it's because of his legs. Like you said last year, one of the reasons Auburn was able to you know keep it within eight points and have a chuck to the end zone, try and pull it in a two point conversion as time expired, was because of the legs of Bo Nix. Um, so I, I think if it not like I say if when Robbie Ashford enters the game because no matter what Finley does or doesn't do you're going to see some packages with Ashford sure. I think if you're Manny Diaz you know it would probably behoove you to take Curtis Jacobs and just have him spy Ashford at that point um yeah because he can burn you with his legs and I, I think like I said earlier if you can get Auburn in a position where they have to throw the ball even if that's as simple as having a lead in the final three or four minutes of this game, I you're going to feel good about it where you're at because Auburn, I don't know if they can throw the ball against any legitimate power five defense, and especially one with the secondary that Penn State has. Yeah, and, and that does bring up my next question here, uh, and not next question, but also another point, is the one place C.J. Finley does have had, has had success in his career is middle of the field, 10 to 20 yards um, in, in terms of passing depth. That being said, that plays kind of into Auburn's favor here because where is Penn State the weakest? At linebacker. Um, against Purdue, we kind of saw the Boilermakers take advantage of that weakness. They threw the ball across the middle a ton. They lived there. That's where Aiden O'Connell lived. I expect Auburn to attack Penn State's defense in a similar way. I expect most teams to attack Penn State's defense in a similar way. Do you think we see a similar game plan out of Manny Diaz in this game? Because, I mean, that Purdue defensive game plan, when it you boil it all down, it felt like let them pick up yards here and there, but mostly keep it everything in front of you. Don't allow the big passes downfield. I mean, I think if you're Manny Diaz going into this game, obviously you don't want to give up a deep pass like that, but I think you're just going to be so concerned with containing this rushing attack. Um, again, like I said, like I said, you're going to trust. If I'm Penn State, I'm throwing Joey Porter out there on an island. I'm throwing Kalen King or Johnny Dixon out there on an island, and I'm putting eight guys in a box and trusting my corners, you know, my potential first-round corner in Joey Porter, my future NFL corner in Kalen King, I'm trusting them to be able to lock down a poor wide receiver group if I'm Manny Diaz. And again, if Auburn beats you, you know what? As long as it's not because of holding penalties or pass interference, you tip your cap and say, you know, hey, we dared you to beat us and you did. Um, Yeah, but if I'm Manny, that's where I'm at. I'm putting eight in the box. I'm putting Porter and I'm putting King or Dixon out there on an island. You know, even even if I want to go to my four two five, that we're going to see Penn State want to run a lot this year. Daquan Hardy is a very short tackler for not being a big dude. He's not afraid to be physical and throw his nose in there. 
walk him up on the line of scrimmage. I think we see Tig Brown playing the box a lot this week also. Um, and is that, that middle passing attack, I'm sure Auburn's going to try and exploit it because Purdue had success. But again, Auburn does not have the weapons, nor do they have the quarterback that Purdue had. That said, I will say, if if I'm Penn State, if I'm Manny Diaz, if I'm trying to uh, cover that middle of the field, John Samuel Shanker definitely worries me. Um, one of the best tight ends you're going to face this year. Made some plays yeah. against Penn State last year. He's definitely a guy who, if Auburn can match him up in coverage with a Jonathan Sutherland, with a Tyler Elsden, that's going to be a matchup the Tigers are going to like a lot. In a matchup, I think you're going to see the Tigers try to exploit. And, you know, it, it won't shock me if we see at least once in this game you see you see him get loose in the middle of the field for a 20-25 yard chunk play. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing to remember is here is a Penn State secondary will give up chunk plays throughout the season. But it, it's going to obviously be, of course, about limiting those. But what Penn State secondary also is going to have to do in this game against Auburn, what they haven't done this year yet, is when they have those chances to get turnovers, you have to take advantage of them. Joey Porter Jr. cannot drop a pick six in this game. Because a pick six in this game, I, I mean, silence in a, that Purdue crowd in the first quarter would have been huge. But if Penn State's offense, sorry, defense can silence this Purdue, sorry, Auburn crowd early in this game or at any point in this game because of a pick six or a turnover, it has a huge chance to be a huge momentum builder for the Nittany Lions at any point in this game. Um, looking at last year, Penn, Auburn's offense, when they averaged, sorry, when they had less than 100 and I believe 30 yards last year in a game, so 130 yards or less, they lost five times out of their uh, four of their five losses. Sorry, they were kept to the 130 yards or less. Um, the one game they lost last year that they were not kept to that mark was against Penn State. Um, if you had to put a magic number on Auburn's rushing yards in this game for Penn State to win, would you – like, for me, I, I'm thinking 150, 175 max. To me, it's not going to be yardage as much as it's going to be yards for carries, as much as it's going to be success rate. So – you know, so I mean, let's say I think you can run the ball 45 times and get 200 yards, but do you really like that if you're sure. Auburn? You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. So yards per carry, let's say, would you say Penn State has to keep Auburn to four yards or less? Yeah. I mean, I think if you keep them in that four to four and a half range, um, and now this is assuming Auburn does come out and run the ball 35, 40, 45 times. If you give up four and a half yards of carrying for some godforsaken reason, Auburn only runs it 20 times. That's totally different. But, but assuming the Tigers are going to run it at least 35 times in this game, if you can hold them to four to four and a half yards of carry, you got to feel good if you're Penn State. This is going to be a matchup where you need to concede the fact you're going to give up rushing yards. Tank Bigsby's a physical runner. Hunter's probably going to break one or two plays for 10 plus. You're going to give up yards. Yep. What's going to be important is when it, even if Auburn's moving the ball, running the, running it on, on offense, at some point in the drive, there's going to be a holding. There's going to be a false start. Yep. 
There's going to be a run that goes for nothing. There's going to be a run that goes for a negative. When that happens on the drive and you get them into third and five, six, seven, and they need to throw the ball, that's when it becomes important for the defense to step up and not let them convert. Or even if they're not throwing the ball, even if they're running the ball, that's third and not necessarily long, but long to try and run it. You've got to get the stop there. That's what's going to matter, I think, for the Penn State, uh, our defense, excuse me, more so than a specific amount of yards given up on the ground because you're going to give up yards on Saturday against a team that's going to run the ball this much. Agreed. All right, so let's kind of all in all recap uh, what we talked about here, and then we'll give our predictions. And I do have one other question for us to quickly discuss, and I guess we'll, let's start with that first. Going to, back to the offensive side of the ball, something I should have brought up. What is the leash for Sean Clifford in this game? If Sean Clifford goes out there and throws two interceptions, Penn State's down 14 nothing early. Do we see Drew Aller? That that is the big question, in my opinion. What and that's the big question going forward. What is the leash on Sean Clifford? We've seen what Drew can do, and he looks good out there. Um What what's it going to take for Drew to for for James Franklin to bench a Sean Clifford and put in a true freshman quarterback? Um, and I think as our one friend brought up in a discussion earlier today, um, it's also going to depend on the situation. If he throws two interceptions a game and they're tied, whether it's zero zero or twenty one twenty one or whatever it is, or it's a one score game or they're in the lead you're probably not going to do anything. But if he's having a really tough start to a game, you're down multiple scores early, Where, where, where where's the leash? How far, how long is it? Um, so I I think that is something to watch, just not this week, but every week going forward. Because, sure, Sean Clifford could be a different quarterback this year and not be that quarterback we've seen in the last few years. Who He will have strong consistency for a group of games, but then uh, he will eventually regress into what he usually does, which is he'll play well, but he's going to hurt you with a mistake or two along the way each game. Um, so I think that's something to watch. What, what's your thoughts? How long of a leash do you think Clifford has against Auburn this weekend? To build off something you said there, I do think a lot of it depends on game situation. Um, you know, if Cliff comes out early, throws two picks, and before you can blink, it's 14 nothing, 17 to 6, 21 to 6, something like that. I, I think you gotta you gotta make the move. If nothing else, try and jump start the offense. Even if Clifford's not turning it over, if the offense is him hauling around out there and they're struggling and they're trailing, I think again, you gotta try and make something just spark the offense. Now that said, if Penn State's winning, if Penn State's tied and Cliff's out there, you know, Cliffording it up and having an interception or whatever it might be, I don't think a move's made. I'm not saying a move shouldn't be made. I'm saying I don't think one would be made. Um, and, and I do think part of it, if you're getting Franklin's a slippery slope, the first time you pull Sean Clifford due to performance this year, especially if Drew Olar comes in and shines, it's a quarterback controversy at that point. And everyone's going to want Drew Allard to be the guy moving forward at that point. A lot of people already want Drew Allard to be the guy. And I think, you think we see Drew? I think that's something. I think we see him. I think we see, I think we see him in every game this year. But. I, I, so, I mean, because 
I guess, I guess the question is, is if you're Penn State in this game and let's say you want to give Drew a series in a game or, you know, just to give the offense a different look or, you know, kind of make opposing defenses go, wait, what, what's going on? Um, I mean, if this is a, say, a 17-14 game in the third quarter, do you think we see Drew at that point? Or do you think Drew is – because in a game like this, it would, it, it's tough to figure out when would be the time to get him that look. I mean, to me, once the decision was made for Drew Allard to be the backup quarterback and to green shirt or green light him this year – yeah. At that point, the decision was made. He's going to play probably almost every game. Um, and I think oh, last week sure. against Ohio, I know this is something we talked about a lot, yeah. both here, text messages, you know, group chats were in. I am firmly of the belief Alar going into the third quarter was something that was planned before the game started. And it just so happens he was. James, they, they, James Franklin even said they wanted to get him snaps in even the second quarter but because yeah. how they played it they couldn't he he didn't feel comfortable getting him those snaps then which makes me wonder in a game like because this auburn game i just i, I i'll give it away now i i have penn state winning this game but at no point really until maybe the final few minutes of the game do i see a situation where i would necessarily be comfortable if my starting quarterback is playing well to put a true freshman in, in this situation, um, it, it just, that's what, that's a tough spot for me. No, and I understand that. But like I said, I just, I think we see him to, again, when that decision was made, Hey, we're all in on him as QB two this year. We're all in on not redshirting him. At that point, you fully embrace the fact that if drew Lars on campus more than three or four years, something's gone terribly wrong. Um, I think we see him, and I don't know. It might be because Sean Clifford's struggling. It might be because the offense needs a jump start. It might be because Penn State's rolling late, and or not necessarily rolling, but you know, you have a two-score lead in the fourth quarter, and you feel comfortable getting him, getting him snaps and reps. I, I just, I feel like at some point we're going to see him on Saturday, and it, it'll be exciting. It'll be a big test for him, obviously throwing him into what is going to be one of the most hostile environments he will ever play in during his time at Penn state. And, you know, but again, it's you still, it's still risky because even if Clifford's playing well and you put a law in, we saw this against Purdue. If he has a good drive, people aren't going to want Clifford to go back into the game. So I do think that's where James Franklin is really going to have to be careful with how he manages this quarterback situation. Let's talk about that. Something we didn't mention very quickly. Um, this this environment Penn State's going in, it is going to be. I mean, looking at their schedule, it's it's the second toughest environment they're going to be in all season. Maybe the toughest environment they'll be in all season. I mean, Michigan um, is going to be obviously a very tough environment, but that's an environment they're used to for the most part. A lot of the guys on that team have played at the Big House. Uh, Playing quick, at would, Auburn is going. I would also add to that the big house because of the this is not knocking Michigan fans because of the way the stadium is built, the environment there, the noise level is extremely yeah. overrated because the way the stadium is built out, the sound just kind of escapes right out of the stadium. Yeah, that's what makes Beaver Stadium so loud at this point is because it's so built up at this point and all four and you know on both and 
both sidelines, both end zones, it the sound is trapped. Auburn is is a well-built stadium for sound, or Jordan Harris should say is a well-built stadium for sound. This is gonna be a loud environment. Auburn fans are gonna be pumped up, ready for this game. I mean, at the end of the day, this is there's a lot of bragging rights, which hasn't really been talked about a lot of this game, but there's a lot of bragging rights in this game because this is SEC versus the Big Ten. These are the two premier conferences in college football. Both teams want to win this game, not just for themselves, but for their conferences and for those bragging rights going forward. Um, so, I mean, Auburn fans are going to be excited and pumped up for this one. Some of them were up in Happy Valley last year for the wideout. They're going to want to return the favor. It should be a great atmosphere for you know Auburn fans and Penn State fans. Um, and, and James Franklin has said to the media that he, he told the team, like, you guys, like, you really don't know what you're getting yourself into until you're there. Now, I don't think in his career at Vanderbilt, he actually ever coached at Auburn. Um, if I, I believe I heard that earlier this week on the Paul Feinbaum show, but um, it, it'll be a tough place to play for Penn state, which is why they have to find, either offensively or defensively find a way to quiet that crowd down early. Now let's kind of recap what we all talked about here. And then we'll go into our prediction and then make our picks uh, for our week three game. Offensively, A, you have to keep Sean Clifford upright. You have to limit the pressure Auburn's defensive line, the front seven, get on Clifford. Give him time to make plays and just allow the plays to develop a little bit more than he did against Purdue and Ohio. Because, I mean, he giving up three sacks to Ohio was not great. Um, and we've seen what this Penn State offense can do when Clifford has been given time. Um, second, establish the run game. Uh, I mean, use Nick Singleton as much as you can in this game. He's your best running back by far. Establish that run game will help the passing game, obviously, and then to go off that passing game, get the tight ends involved. Getting the tight ends involved along with that run game is going to open much more opportunities for the wide receivers in this game. That's going to pay off for Penn State big time, I think. When it comes to the defense, you want to get pressure on T.J. Finley. He's just terrible under pressure. Uh, you're not going to stop the Auburn run game. So let's just you know throw that out right now. You're not stopping the Auburn run game. Auburn's going to have plenty of success in this game. You just kind of have to live with it. Just slow it down. In four, four and a half yards per carry, you may be, you may be fine. Um, and then the other one is, is while Penn State's offense wants to get the tight ends involved, if you're Penn State's defense, keep the tight ends locked down in this game. Don't allow them to be the ones that beat you. This Auburn passing game does not have much of any threat really to beat you. Their tight end is probably their best shot to be a consistent playmaker in this one. If they can limit his production in this one, I feel good about their chances overall of keeping this Auburn offense limited. Um, let's get into prediction time, Marty. Um, I'll start off. I have Penn State win this game. I'm feeling uh, exact score. I'm not honestly sure. I'm feeling 31-17, but I think that's a 24-17 game. Late in the fourth quarter, Penn State gets a touchdown to put it away late. Um, but I'm thinking 31-17, maybe 
28-20, something very similar to last year's game. It, it, it's going to be a lot closer than maybe the final score indicated, but I think it, for the most part, it's a one-score game. Um, that, that's how I'm landing this game. I, But obviously, uh, we talked about that atmosphere. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. It's going to be a tough place for Penn State to play, very similar to Kinnick Stadium in that, that aspect. And kind of like Kinnick Stadium, Crazy stuff happens in Jordan Hare Stadium. Some some things you just obviously you can control it all, but some things you just can't control, uh, which kind of puts an X factor on this game. What, what what's your overall final thoughts and prediction on this one? Yeah, you know you talk about Jordan Hare, and man, I, I've watched enough college football for the last ten to fifteen years to know that Auburn Jesus is a real thing. Um, you know, like you said, weird stuff happens there. Weird stuff happens there. Auburn teams that were not as good as this one have beaten teams that were better than them. Um, I think Penn State's a better team. I think Penn State's the more talented team. I think Penn State's a better coach team potentially. That said, I just I'm. It's a bad matchup for Penn State. Auburn's running game against these linebackers and against a defensive line group that is both thin right now due to players who are unavailable and still have guys trying to work their way back from some pretty major injuries and, and whatever the off-field issues were with Akeem Beeman. Combine that with an Auburn pass rush, I think is going to eat the right side, specifically right tackle of Penn State's offense alive all day long on Saturday. Um, I think Auburn wins this thing, I'll say 23-20. to 20. One other thing we have not talked about much this year that I think could be a factor um, I don't trust Penn State's ability to make a kick. Rather, it's a field goal or an extra point. Yeah. And I could see that burning yeah. in here. I could see a scenario where there's a missed sure. extra point where then maybe Penn State's driving late down a field goal and James Franklin's afraid to go for the field goal. Or where a missed field goal keeps them from being able to tie this game late in the game. Or, you know, you get to the fourth quarter and you look back on kicks that were missed. I don't trust this field goal unit at all. And I think that could be a factor too. Yeah, like I said, I think Penn State's a more talented team, but on the road, it's a poor matchup for them. Um, I also think this could be a bit of a circle of the wagons type moment for Auburn after everything that happened in the offseason with Brian Harson. Uh, the players who stuck around seem to really like him, really like playing for him. So, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but I'll say 23 to 20, Auburn wins this thing. I realize I didn't really give much of my reason, but I, I think the big reason Penn State does win this game um, is I I think I think they're not going to obviously stop this run game at all, uh, totally, I should say, but I think they're going to stack the box on. They're going to do a fine enough job containing, in my opinion, and I, I just don't trust T.J. Finley to beat that through the air. And I think offensively, Penn State's offense can do enough against this Auburn defense. And the other thing that's big is I think you now you 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 point out the kicking game. I'm going to point out the punting game. Barney Amore has a chance to be the biggest weapon Penn State has in this game um, because he has the ability to flip the field every time he's on, he punts. And I think Penn State is going to win the field position battle in this game. I, I think Penn State's field position on average is going to be much better than Auburn's. And I think that's going to be a big factor because I think Penn State is only going to have to go maybe 60, 55 to 60 yards per drive to score rather than Auburn, who I think 
will have to go 75 plus yards most drives uh, to score. And I, I, I think that's going to be a big factor as well. Any final thoughts? No, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. It's just this is coming into the season. I said linebacker play would cost Penn State at least one game. And, you know, I think this proves to be one of those games because I I think their linebackers really are going to struggle in run support. And you're going to see a trickle-down effect there that not only is going to allow Auburn to run the ball, but potentially contribute to the defensive line getting a little extra worn out. And, yeah, like I said, give give me the Tigers. Sure. All right, Odell, let's go into our other picture week three and then wrap this up. But first, a word from our sponsors. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Adam Goldman can help. Adam is an Indian Nation member, an Indian Lions fan, and a franchise veteran for over a decade. Using his expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process, 100% free. So what do you have to lose? Your own new business made easy. Find your perfect franchise at FranchiseCoach.net or call Adam at any time at 844-800-3726. Again, 844-800-3726 or at FranchiseCoach.net. Let's start with Oklahoma and Nebraska. This game started at a four and a half point line in favor of Oklahoma. It is up to 10 and a half, uh, even 11 at some places. Uh, we won't go too deep into these picks. Uh, let's make them short. Give me I, – I, I could see Nebraska playing Oklahoma tough in this one um, for a while, but give me Oklahoma to ultimately win this game. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take it at 10.5. Um, I'll take it at 10.5. Give me Oklahoma to win and cover that spread. I'm with you. Give me the Sooners and the points. I don't think Nebraska's a good football team, obviously. I also don't know, you know, how how, how much care there's going to be in this team the rest of the season. with Scott Frostbier. So give me the Sooners and the points. Uh, go next. Uh, Cal at Notre Dame, 230 on Sunday. Uh, by the way, uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma are set to kick off at 12 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Notre Dame and Cal – uh, in South Bend at 2.30, I believe, here. Um, Notre Dame is fared by 11 points. That is just too many points for me to feel good about this um, Notre Dame offense, especially now uh, that they are have Drew Pine starting at quarterback. Uh, I just don't trust that offense to put up enough points to cover this spread. And Justin Wilcox is very good. Um as an underdog in his career as a head coach. So give me Cal to cover that 11 uh, and a half or um, yeah, 11. I, I see as high as 11 and a half. Uh, give me Cal to cover that. Um, and I don't think they win outright, but I think they definitely cover. Yeah. You know, th- this is definitely two very bad offensive teams. Um, give me the fighting Irish. I think they'll cover just because I think Cal's offense is that terrible. Um, but if you are looking to get a bet on this game, under 40 and a half seems like some pretty easy money because these are going to be two real ugly offenses. I could definitely see this thing being something like 17 to 6, 20 to 10, where Notre Dame's Absolutely. able to cover. But it, it's not pretty because neither of these teams can do anything offensively. 
100% agree. I, I do like that under 40 and a half as well. Uh, 330, BYU versus Oregon. This started in, at six in favor of Oregon, minus six and a half. It's now down to minus three and a half. I think the better team is BYU here. I know they're missing two of their top wide receivers, but give me the Cougars to win this game. Albright, I, I just think they're the better team. They have the better quarterback. They're the better coach team, I think, right now. Uh, g- give me give me BYU to win this one outright in uh, Eugene. I'm with you. Give me the Cougars. You know, I know anyone who listens to us on sort of regularity, when we talk national, Kalani Sataki is a coach I praise a lot. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Um, I know they're not technically a, a, a group of five team as an independent, but I think BYU is going to be that non-Power 5 team in, in the New York 6 this year. Um, you know, you look at their schedule, you look what's ahead. They could finish year with 10-11 wins and some really good wins. I think they get another good one on Saturday. They go up to Watson State and they get it done against the Ducks. Absolutely. Next game, a Big Ten game of one, not well, featuring a Big Ten team. One that's kind of, I think, could be a chance to be a really good game. SMU at Maryland. Maryland currently a three-point favorite. I like the Mustangs a lot, uh, but I think this Maryland team is dangerous. I think they have a great offense. I like Maryland here, minus three. Uh, so give me Maryland and the points. Uh, the over-under of this game is set at 73. Uh, that's a lot of points. Um, but I could see that going over, too. Yeah, I mean, first off, I agree. Give me the Terps and the points. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. I really – you said this is a 3.30 kick, right? Yes. I, I yes. really wish this game was not on at the same time as Penn State and Auburn. I think this could be one of the most fun games maybe of the season. Give me the Terps and the points. I'm telling you, though, if you if you are as much of a sicko degenerate as I am and you really want to sweat one out, throw some money on that over 73. I mean, on principle, I almost never take an over that's hit 70. But, man, I think they got a real shot of getting there in this game. And it wouldn't be surprised me to see them blow past it. I could easily see this thing getting un- unhinged and getting loose and being like 45 to 42. Because these are two really good offenses. Yeah, I can see. Two defenses. I can see them pushing ninety points. I could definitely see them pushing ninety points in this game. Um, And then finally, Michigan State at Washington. Uh, Michigan State opened as a three and a half point favorite. uh, Whenever I think this that may have been during the preseason, that line has completely flipped. It is now Washington minus three. and I think the I think Washington's going to cover that and win this game outright. That Michigan State defense is improved. That secondary is somewhat improved. But Michael Penix Jr. has looked good for Washington. Kalen DeBoer has that offense, you know, chugging right now. Uh, I, I like Washington in this game to win it outright. I, well, obviously outright, mm-hmm. but I like them to cover that three points. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Huskies. Um, and to cover and to win this thing, I think this could be a really good game. Uh, two two pretty quality teams. Uh, I do think Michigan State takes a step back this year, while Washington takes a step forward. And like you said, Kellen DeBoer has that offense looking pretty good. Um, Michael Penix looks like the Michael Penix we saw in twenty twenty. So yeah, I think I think the Huskies get it done. I think they cover and I think they win the game. What should be a pretty a, a pretty exciting football game. Agreed. 
All right. Well, that that is our episode for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Penn State 365 podcast. If you watch this on YouTube, thank you for that as well. We'll be back. Uh, not sure when we will be doing our recap episode. Like I said, I will be at the game Saturday in the press box. Uh, so look for that either Saturday night, perhaps, or Sunday. We'll have to uh, see how that goes. Of course, Josh Taylor will have his recap up on Saturday after the game as well. So be sure to check that out on the YouTube channel. Uh, but until next time, everybody, thank you for listening to an episode of the Penn State 365 podcast. My name is Don Karen Crowley. He's Marty Leap, and we'll be back at it w- real soon. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. And uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs>